Hey, and thanks for tuning in. At Northgate, we're passionate about helping people become who God purposed them to be. We hope that this message encourages and blesses you today. Stay tuned after for more ways to connect. Morning. morning. Welcome to Northgate, especially if you're new with us today. We're so glad you're here. My name is Terry Kearns. I'm one of the pastors here at Northgate. I'm uh, sort of the new guy, but not really. Uh, my family and I have been here at Northgate since it started almost 10 years ago, but it was just this last January that I was commissioned as one of the pastors here. And I just want to say it's truly, truly a dream come true for my family and I to get to remain here. Uh, one of my main roles here as, at Northgate is a small group, director of small groups and assimilation. What that is is uh, I get to help us build relationships with each other and grow as a church. With that said, if I haven't met you yet, I would love to meet you after the service. I'll be outside those doors to your left. Uh, come say hi. Today, we're wrapping up the series called I'm Done. We're talking about being done with the things that get in the way of our relationships with God and with each other, the things that steal our joy from them. We're talking about putting a stake in the ground, proclaiming, I'm done being defensive, I'm done making excuses, I'm done living in fear, I'm done complaining, and today it's going to be, I'm done comparing. If you've missed any of these other messages in the series, I just want to encourage you to go ahead and go back and watch them. They've been just transformative for my family and I, and I've heard also people throughout the uh, Northgate here have, have said the same thing. There's kind of a buzz going around our house each week where we're talking about these messages and the different topics that, are, that, that have been uh, talked about. So today, I'm done comparing. Let's pray. We welcome you here, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. Thank you. Thank you, God, for your grace and your mercy as, as we learn and we grow in these areas. I pray that you would just guide me as I deliver this message and that it would be glorifying to you, Jesus. Open our eyes and our ears and our hearts and our minds to what you have for each one of us and all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. So this last month throughout this message series, I have been listening to Pastor Steve and Pastor Jeff preach uh, and they've done a really, really good job on these messages. And so, okay, um, the new guy, me, gets to preach on the last message of the series, I'm done comparing. <laughs> wow. This is off to a good start. It's so easy to compare. Maybe more than ever before, our culture is comparing ourselves with one another. We size each other up. We size ourselves up. Uh, it's almost as if we're sort of doing life on a curve. You guys remember that? They used to grade on a curve in school. Those of you who remember that? Uh, if you're not familiar, grades for tests and assignments were graded in comparison with each student based off the average score of all students. When we compare, we're sort of doing this in a way. We're grading ourselves. We're trying to determine a sense of value and belonging compared to other people. We want to feel good about ourselves, and so we compare. And we do this in all sorts of different ways. 
Sometimes we compare possessions. Maybe we notice someone looking at their new phone. What do you got there? Just got it. It's the iPhone 26 Max Plus with the double output mega reinforced processor with a 260 times zoom camera lens. What do you got? <laughs> it sounds crazy, but we actually, we actually do this. We get ourselves pushed into buying things because of comparing to other people. I'm, I relate to this. I'm sort of a tech junkie. I have the newest iPhone, probably won't be for long, it seems like they come out every two weeks. But maybe it's not technology for you. Maybe you love camping. Starts with a tent, and pretty soon your friend gets a pop-up camper, so then you get a pop-up camper. And then this goes on over and over again for a while, upgrades continue until before you know it, you need a special license to drive your 30-foot <laughs> camper with a boat behind it. Have you guys seen this? They look like a train going down the road. <laughs> and then you need to pour a slab of concrete on the side of your house to store all of this the other 350 days out of the year that you're working to pay for it all. <laughs> I was a little nervous about having this illustration, then I realized I was safe using it since everybody with campers is out of town right now. <laughs> We do this, we, we compare possessions. Sometimes we compare our circumstances. We think things like, if I had the family upbringing they have, or they had, things would be better in my life. Or, I wish I wasn't single. I see married people and they seem so happy. Or the other way around, I'm married, I'm tied down to a family. And I see single people and they get to do whatever they want, whenever they want, wherever they want, and however they want. But, as you know, this really isn't true. Social media and media paint a very distorted picture. We can be duped sometimes. I've just recently struggled with my own comparing circumstances. Uh, some of you know I've been in seminary school for the last few years, and um, if, if you're not familiar with what seminary is, it's, it's basically a school for pastors. As a matter of fact, I graduate next weekend. Yes. I share your enthusiasm. <laughs> Since starting school, I've done this. I've compared myself to the students, the other students in the classes. One of the things I've compared was my age. Somebody just laughed at that. I, yeah, I got the gray beard going on here and Lots of people there were way younger than I was, and so I would sometimes think I wish I would have started earlier. But then I would also compare to people that were my age, because there were some of those there, and even people that were older, and then I'd feel a little bit better about my situation. But even more than that, I compared my past to other students who have been walking with Jesus and going to church their whole lives. Maybe came to the Lord early on. See, that's not me. That's not my experience. I didn't come to know the Lord until I was about 30 years old. I have a past, which some of you know is rather destructive. I felt completely inadequate to be there. Compared to other students, my life didn't fit the bill of a seminary student at all. For about the first year, I would dread going into every new class. I would get a stomachache, literally get nauseous, because I knew that uh, the teacher, the professor, would ask that question that every one of them did every single time. I want to go around the room and have each one of you tell me in the class about yourself. Of course, I'm in seminary for pastors, so it always came around to growing up in the church, 
and maybe youth group, when you were confirmed, when you came to know the Lord. But that wasn't me. My story was different. As I said, I didn't grow up in the church. Neither of my parents were pastors. Sometimes in seminary, a lot of these uh, students are pastors' kids. Their mom or their dad was a pastor. I didn't have the Sunday school youth group childhood. I didn't grow up reading books and writing. As a matter of fact, I hated reading and writing. Truth is, I dropped out of high school. I didn't fit. Almost every voice inside me said I didn't belong here. Maybe I wasn't supposed to be here. Maybe I'm not supposed to be a pastor. I've known my peers in school, compared to my peers in school and and other pastors, I didn't fit. I didn't belong. It didn't make sense. Comparison was screaming at me and still tries sometimes. But there was one voice that spoke through the comparison, comparing, and that's God's voice, the Holy Spirit. And he said, I did belong. You do belong here. And then he did that through people, too. The support here at Northgate has been incredible. My family, incredible. I, I, I can't say that enough. I think one of, one of my favorite things to say is that one of God's favorite ways to love and support us is through each other. And I have felt that, and I thank you for that. So we compare comparisons. Another thing we compare is appearances. When we think of Hollywood and marketing, it's so easy to find ourselves comparing to images that are not real. Lifestyles that are not only unattainable, but completely unhealthy. Ladies, I'm, uh, I'm sad for the ways that our culture has made you feel like you're not good enough. That you don't look good enough. As little girls growing up into adulthood, you've been comparing to false images that are in front of you. Airbrushed, photoshopped pictures. Edited videos. And now our culture's actually made this even easier. They've taken it one step further and we can edit our own pictures. So now we do that and we share them on social media and now we're comparing to ourselves images that are not even real. Men compare appearances too. As guys, we see another guy who obviously goes to the gym and we start sizing ourselves up, right? Might even, I do this. I even flex a little bit when you see him. I know it does not make sense to you ladies. I don't know what, maybe it doesn't make sense to some of you guys. I hope I'm not the only one that has done that. Anyways, you know, I've been noticing lately that Pastor Steve is looking pretty good lately. He's, I think he's been working out. I think, I've been thinking, man, I have work to do. Steve's probably thinking the new guy needs to work on his preaching. I'm thinking I need to work on my abs. What is the disconnect here? <laughs> we do this, though. We, we compare appearances. Sometimes we compare per- performance. Uh, when someone else gets the promotion instead of you, you begin to think of all the ways you were better qualified for the job. You would have done a better job. Or we see other people's kids who seem to have, they, they, they behave so well. And we start wondering, what's wrong with us as parents? What's wrong with me as a dad? What's wrong with me as a mom? We do this. We compare all sorts of different ways. The question today is, why should we be done comparing? The first reason we should be done comparing is that comparison is the death of contentment. The Apostle Paul talks about this. He writes in 2 Corinthians, he says, 
we do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves. But when they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. Paul's firm about this. He says, we do not dare to compare. He's firm about this because he knows that our value is not found in becoming who we wish we were, but rather by being who God intended us to be. He wants you to be the best version of you. He wants us to be the best version of us. He created us for this. When we compare ourselves to other people, we're attempting to put together a fake version of who we think we should be. I want to be like him. People like him. He's so funny. He makes people laugh. They have a beautiful house. I want a house like that. I want to be able to support my family like that. She retired at 50. I work way harder than she does. I should be able to retire at 50. I want her car. I want a boat like that. Their spouse respects him. I want a spouse that respects me. Their kids obey them so well. And we find comparison steals our joy because we never really find contentment in our lives when we're comparing to other people, wanting to be more like them. I was sitting down with a friend at a coffee shop a couple months ago, and he, was, he, he wanted to just kind of process some things. He was struggling with having some challenges with his faith. And he had just expressed that. He didn't feel like he was walking it out the way he would hope to or the way he thought God would hope he would, and just feeling kind of stagnant in his faith. As we talked, his wife became the center of the conversation. He told me that he's been watching his wife in the last year or so just really flourish and grow in her faith. At her job, when stress would get high, she just seemed to find it easy to just pray and stresses would come down a little bit. She was enjoying her job. Has people around her, Christians around her that she's talking to. She has friends. She's having fun. Things just really seem to be going so good for her. But why, though I'm so happy for her, he said, why do I feel so stagnant in my faith? I didn't really know what to tell him. So I suggested we go to the one that does know. Let's pray. We asked, I told him, let's, let's go ahead and pray God. Let's ask him. So right there in the coffee shop, we did that. We started praying. And then he began to pray. And when he finished praying, God showed him something. He looked at me and he says, you know, I'm, I'm so busy paying attention to what's going on over here with my wife and what God's doing in her life. I'm not paying attention to what he's doing in my life, how he feels about me and the ways he's moving in my life. And he is moving in his life. I know him, I've known him well, and uh, he's grown a ton in the last few years that I've known him. Comparison is the death of contentment. Another reason we should be done comparing is that comparison makes us prideful. Jesus has a great illustration of this in a story story he tells in Luke 18. He says, Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed. Um, By the way, a Pharisee Pharisees in that day were people that would sort of uh, call other people out on breaking the laws of the commandments. They were sort of tattletales to God. Um, The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. Wow. That's really prideful. Okay, let's talk practically here. What would this look like today? 
I can't believe he's smoking cigarettes. He's been a Christian for a while now. I quit smoking cigarettes when I first became a Christian. Does he not know that his body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Yes, I'd like a number four, super-duper sized, with a Dr. Pepper. Do you have a larger Dr. Pepper than what comes with that size? Great, I'll take one of those and an extra double cheeseburger with bacon. Extra bacon. Smoking cigarettes. <laughs> quite a few years ago, my wife and I were grocery shopping. I say quite a few years ago because we don't really do this together anymore. Uh, we... We, we, don't, we never have liked grocery shopping, neither one of us, so uh, we do the whole online thing, and then we go and pick them up. We're not the only ones, are we? Yeah, so anyways, quite a few years ago we were doing this, and when we would go, we, like I said, we couldn't stand shopping, so when we'd go, we'd do the whole divide and conquer thing. She'd go that way, I'd go that way, and we'd get it done quick and get out of there. I'm shopping, and all of a sudden... I'm startled. I get this, just hear this blood-curdling scream coming from somewhere else in the store and yelling. And it doesn't take me long, and I realize this is a kid losing his temper, like throwing a fit. And at first, I was like, it just felt so bad for these parents. It didn't take long, though. I started to think to myself, my, my son was two, two and a half at the time, I started to think to myself, I am so glad my son doesn't do that. I have such a good kid. And I'm sitting here, and it doesn't take long, and I'm, now I'm patting myself on the back and patting my wife Tiffany on the back, just thinking, we're really good parents. I wouldn't, there's no way we would put up with that. No way. So I got a little curious, and I wanted to see this kid and these parents that were going through this, and so I started walking towards the scream, and it got louder and louder. I walked around the corner of this aisle, and here is this kid, thrown to the ground, rolling, screaming, yelling, as if a demon has taken over his life because he didn't get what he wanted. And this poor mom, sitting there just distraught of embarrassment. So I did what any good husband would do, and I went over to comfort her and <laughs> help her to calm our son down. Yep, that was our son. <laughs> Pride always catches up with us. When we think we have it all figured out, when we think we have everything under control, when we compare ourselves to others, it's only a matter of time and we realize that we're really not better, any better than anyone else. So why should we be done comparing ourselves to others? Comparison is the death of contentment. Comparison makes us prideful. And another reason why we should be done comparing is it causes resentment. This happened between King Saul and David in 1 Samuel. Let me tell you a little bit about them if you're not familiar. David was a little guy and served King Saul with the Israelites while they were at war with the Philistine army. David was the one who defeated Goliath, the giant Philistine, uh, when no one else would go up against him for fear of their lives. David became a hero because God helped him lead the Israelites to the victory over the Philistine, the David and Goliath story. The Bible says, when the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, the women came out from all the towns of Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing, with joyful songs and with timbrels and lyres. As they danced, they sang, Saul has slain his thousands and David 
is tens of thousands. Saul became absolutely enraged, angry, because David was being praised for the victory instead of him. After all, Saul was the king. He should be getting the credit for the victory. But they were praising David, and so Saul became resentful. And later in the story, even hunted David to try to kill him. Rather than being happy and celebrating the victory over the, the Philistine, and the, uh, 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 Saul moves in on himself and be, he becomes jealous and angry. Why wouldn't he be happy? They've won. Saul couldn't see the blessing in his own life in the lives of the people he led because he was too busy comparing himself to David. This would be like the coach of a football team getting upset because the running back scores the game-winning touchdown and gets the credit. Or parents and grandparents having resentment because someone on the other side of the family gets the kids a better gift than them. Maybe they're afraid of losing favorite status. Or being resentful that you don't get what you want after somebody dies. Someone else maybe gets the car or the house or the painting you wanted. I don't think anybody likes to feel resentful. We don't like it. It's just gross. It doesn't feel good, especially when we have to be around someone that we're holding a grudge against. It just, it changes things. It changes the atmosphere. It changes the people around us. It destroys relationships. Not just the ones that we're resenting, but it destroys the ones around us. And comparison does this. And so I ask you, do you want to be done comparing? Do you want to be free from feeling like you have to compare to other people to get a sense of value and belonging. I know I, I do. I want to be free from it. I don't want to compare anymore. So how can we be done comparing? If we want to be done comparing, we first, the first thing would be to be thankful. This was one of Pastor Jeff's points last week on how to stop complaining, but it made so much sense here too. It makes so much sense in so many areas to be grateful Jeff said, gratitude rewires our brains to think differently. I want to say that again. That's really good. Gratitude rewires our brains to think differently. This is so true. And it's the same here for comparing. It changes our focus from comparing ourselves to people to seeing what God is already doing in our own lives. So the next time you find yourself comparing, you can do this. Just simply thank God. Give thanks for what you do have. Think of something that you're thankful for and thank him. Another way we can be done comparing is to uh, take a break from social media. This is a good way to remove yourself from the temptation to compare your life to the lives of other people. And I want to take that even just one step further, not to just uh, take a break from social media, but fill that time with some solitude. Go for a walk. Just you and God. And maybe the dog. I love walking the dog. But have some solitude. Go sit at a park on a bench. Just the two of you. This, if you. If you haven't done this in a long time, it can be really hard at first. It is really hard at first. I, I, I have troubles with it sometimes. But I encourage you, move through that. And then the most important thing we can do, this one here is, is huge, if we want to be done comparing, is to remember that God loves us. He is where we need to get our, our sense of value and belonging. 
When we know that God loves us, when we know the love of God, we don't need to get our value by comparing to other people. We belong to him. We're his children. Paul says in Romans, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, neither any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I want to repeat that last part again. Nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let me ask you a question. How many people here have heard somebody tell them, Jesus loves you? Show of hands. Yeah. If you've been going here for a while, you've heard Pastor Steve say this. He says it almost every week at the end of his message, and I just absolutely love this. Now, don't raise your hand for this one, but how many of us really know Jesus loves us? Do we really know? 100% of the time, do we really know the love that Jesus has for us? I don't think we do. I don't think we do. If we did, we wouldn't have to compare. We wouldn't have to be defensive. We'd be defensive. We'd, we'd be done making excuses. We'd be done living in fear. We'd be done complaining. We wouldn't have to compare. We'd be done with all of it. As Christians, this is our confidence. His love for us is our confidence. Nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I keep repeating this because I think we have amnesia. I think we forget. I know I do. We, we need to keep learning how it is that God thinks of us, that he loves us to be done comparing. So, so what or who is it that you're comparing yourself to? Who has it been lately? Or what has it been lately? Maybe in the last day, the last week, last month? Okay. Can the new guy give an assignment? Yeah. Wow, that was better than last night. Nobody said anything. It's like... <laughs> every time this week, throughout this week, every time you find yourself comparing, do one of these things. Give thanks to God or do all of these things. Take a break, break from social media. Have some solitude. More, and even more importantly, remember that God loves you. I can kind of wrap this up into one really easy thing to remember. Whenever you find yourself comparing, just say thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. The more we say that, the more it rewires our brains. Nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Let's pray. We do, we do thank you, Jesus. We thank you for how you love us so beautifully, so perfectly, so unconditionally. We thank you for your grace and your mercy as we grow in these areas. Help remind us, Jesus, how much you delight 
in each one of us. Thank you for, Jesus, thank you for that word. Thank you for that word delight, because you do. You delight in us. You delight in each one of us. And I just thank you for that. Help us. Help us to know more and more every day the love that you have. Jesus, we just confess your goodness. We confess your mercy. We confess your grace. And as we leave today, and as we go about our weekend and our week and the upcoming weeks and even this year, give us an upgrade. Give us an upgrade in knowing. Knowing you. Relating with you. Thank you that we get to have a relationship with you. Jesus, we love you. We bless you. We thank you for blessing us so abundantly. It's in your name we pray. All God's people said, Amen. If you came today and this love of Jesus is foreign to you, but you want to know the love of Jesus, you want to start a relationship with Jesus today, do it. Don't wait until you get your act together. I wouldn't be standing here now if I would have waited until I got my act together to want to start a relationship with Jesus. We'll have uh, our prayer team will be down here on the floor in front of the stage after the service. Come receive prayer. If you want to call Jesus Lord of your life, if you want to begin following him today, please come receive prayer. And then anybody that wants to receive prayer for anything, and maybe you're having some challenges, maybe you're having some struggles, maybe you just want to connect with a couple people and have God in the center of it. Maybe you're in a season of joy right now and you want to thank God and you want to share that with a couple people. Come, pray with them. Next week, Pastor Steve will be back beginning a brand new series called Hey Jude. Yes, the song, like the song, Hey Jude. I won't be here next week singing, so please come back. I promise I won't try that again. We are so excited for this series. You won't want to miss it. Please stand for a blessing. I could just even open your arms, your hands out like this, just to receive this blessing. Receive. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in Christ Jesus and the church throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Jesus loves you and I love you. Have a great weekend. All right, thanks for watching. I want to let you know about three things that you can do. First, you can locate discussion questions for this message on our page so you can do some independent study or talk with a group to help you process. Then, follow us on Vimeo or iTunes so you don't miss a single message. Better yet, join us in person Saturdays at 5 p.m. or Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Finally, if you are feeling this ministry and you want to help advance the mission of helping people become who God purposed them to be, you can click the link to give. Your generosity brings hope, healing, and radical transformation to people all over the world. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.